Papa. Fifth one. What is one of your favorite sayings and or quotes? Okay, I'm going to give you a good one. I'd like to say this to you kids. Pick four or five things you're going to do and pick four or five things you're not going to do. And I love it. And that's called principles. Shall we head to my favorite planet in the galaxy? The planet of good vibes. The planet of good vibes. The planet. It's time! All right, all right, all right. I love humanity. I think it's great. It's all good, man. I think the word you're searching for is Space Ranger. The Ham Planet Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gents, friends and family, brothers and sisters, we are blasting off into the galaxy of the good In the process, five, four, three, two, and one. Top of the morning, folks. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Ham Planet Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ham. And if you're new to the show, absolutely love to see it. At the Ham Planet Podcast, we're about three things. Simple as that. Good vibes, great people and glorious stories. And we have quite the great guest tonight. I must say so myself. We have the rocket scientist in the building, ladies and gents. And I'm very honored and proud to say that he is my grandfather and he is my daughter's great grandfather. And he's a great man in so many ways. We had a fantastic night. I learned so many things. I got a lot of free advice. And I always love hanging out with the one and only Mr. Roger Stutzman. So with that being said, ladies and gents, we are going to hop right into the episode. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you love it. And I hope this serves as a reminder that take some time to connect with your elders because they have so much wisdom and love that can enrich your life. And with that being said, we are to the episodes. Enjoy. Papa, can I get a mic check? Two, one, two. Two, one, one. Two, one, one. Two, one, one. Yeah. That sounds good. Or ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. That's ten, a good countdown. Ten ten double ten forty five fifteen is four is a hundred. We got the brightest, smartest science man in the world <laughs> on the Hand Planet podcast, Mr. Roger Stutzman. Papa, when you do things in life, do you do a countdown before you got to go do something that's kind of tough? Like a, like a three, two, one. All right, let's get it done. <laughs> Have a snow. <laughs> I feel like as someone who's been in the rocket industry, it would get you going a little bit. Well, you always take a little time. You got to think about it. Yep. You don't. Everybody says you got to be spontaneous. And I says, no, that's like shooting from the hip. It is like shooting from the hip. But you don't want to be spontaneous. They just think you want to be spontaneous. You want to think about it. You do. (laughs) If you can think about it a little bit, you can put together a plan, which makes it a lot more fun. It might take you 10 or 15 seconds. It might take you 10 or 15 days. (laughs) That is true. But having a plan when doing spontaneous things is good. Yeah, you got to be a little spontaneous. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's laying in the street and there's a car coming, you got to go do something about it. You have to jump into action. Yeah, you got to jump into action. You can't say, okay, I'm going to sit on this curve and figure it out. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That that doesn't fly. First, you got to identify the problem. And when you identify the problem, then you can make action. But sometimes you don't know what the problem is. That's very true. Yeah. Papa, um, these two wines, I appreciate you gifting them to me on this mighty fine Texas evening. Yeah. Um, it's raining, maybe. It is raining. So I think we're going 
I'm going to try sample the volunteer. That's right. That's that's a Tennessee volunteer. Tennessee volunteer. Yeah. Never heard a whiskey come out of there, but this should be a good one. If no, they're whiskey people. I can't imagine them being wine people. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I've never heard or drinking of a Tennessee wine. Neither this I. is volunteer. <laughs> That's why I never want to open it. <laughs> this is volunteer. We'll give them a shout out. We're giving well, we're giving them a live review um, on how their wine is. Okay, okay. I want I want to talk about Tennessee. I want to hear about Tennessee. Okay, I used to fly into Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. And I used to go to uh, a test facility, and we'd do testing down there. And I and I found out what kind of testing, Papa? Rocket motor testing. Rocket motor testing. They, okay. Yeah. I and, like that. And they had a uh, they had a uh, uh, altitude chamber, and it would pump down the atmosphere to equivalent to a hundred thousand feet, and that or hundred twenty, and that was a big deal, you know. Yep. And we had to we had to do it at night because it, the tennis. That we couldn't do it in the daytime because it took too much electricity to do that. So you'd pump it down at night, and you'd go in there and do it at night. Well, anyway, I went in there and out of there and in there and out of there, but I found out that there's Tennessees and Texans, you know, Davy Crockett and, Davey, that's and all, the, all the people that came here and formed Texas, they came from Tennessee, and we've got a lot of comparisons to Tennessee people. Now, this was in the 1960s, so 70s, so. Yep. 50 years ago so well that means essentially a lot of texans are tennesseans could be and uh but I'm, david crockett's I'm, one of the most legendary but i'm not I'm, I'm 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 english i'm english swiss missourian and kansan <laughs> but i'm not <a> texan <laughs> so papa i love that what is the background behind like each you said you're swiss yeah French? No. Swiss. Swiss English. English. Yeah, English. Well, Missouri. Missourian. That's where my daddy's from. In Texas? In Kansas. That's where my mother's from. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to look. You, you can taste, you tell me about the. You taste of that first to see if it's any good. The Swiss lineages. Swiss lineage. Am I saying that word right? Yeah. Well, my. The first deuceman that came over here came over here in uh, probably about 1720s. He was born in 1705, and you always think Stutzman is a German name, but you find out it's a Swiss name. He was born in Switzerland. He was in born in Switzerland in 1905, and then you did you did you go back and look and say what would what would encourage somebody to come to the United States? and give up their culture and everything in, uh, so let's say, 1720. Now, remember, that's 50 years yeah. before the... The Revolutionary War. Yeah, before the Revolutionary War. Yep, 1776. So, so, so we think he... Ca I can't think he came over here about 1720 or 1720, something like that. And if you go back and look at the encyclopedias, it looks like to me that the Switzerland was a lot of city-states, and they were always fighting each other, you know. Yep, it's yep. like you're fighting your neighbor, and you say, "I think I want my neighbor's forty acres," and you go, yeah. "You go." Ah, I know you, I, you. You'd be in, you had a bigger castle. Than he was so you'd take care of him. You know, some way you'd go blow him out of the water or something like that, yep. and then you take over his castle. So there's a lot of this. There had to be a lot of turmoil there. Absolutely. Well, now it's but you can't imagine. You know, right. you, you can't imagine it. You, you don't know what is that any good? Here, let me. Uh, Give you a splash. We're going to sip a splash. Yeah. And, um, you know, now Switzerland's <laughs> the capital hey. of not too bad. Pretty no, good. No, it's really pretty. I think it I think it needs to rest just a little bit, but give it a, give it a few minutes to give it a breathe, and I think it would be okay. Give it some air. Yeah. So why does it need air, Papa? I don't know. Okay. Just give it air. Just, well, you know, run it through an aerator. 
does this still aerate it, having it like this? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Giving it a little... It's not uh, as good as an aerator, but it just takes longer. Yep. So, to Switzerland, Papa. um, That's all I know. And he came in 1720. Probably. Around there, they they estimate. Yeah, yeah. And Papa, you were born in what year? 1735. We not only have the oldest hand planet podcast guest, but we have the oldest man in the world if it's 1825. (laughs) So 1935. 1935. January, I got to enjoy the whole year. January 28th. A a damn good day. I missed 28 days of it. You, You did? Or maybe you got a head start. Yeah, the world hadn't been the same since. You're, you're right. <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah. Okay, Pop. So you were born in what city? I wasn't born in city or town area. I was born in a farmhouse. You were born in a farmhouse. That's what they tell me. Yep. Yeah. Me and the dogs and the mother and da- mother and dad. <laughs> so in the farmhouse, was this a for horses or? Cows or chickens? I don't remember. I don't remember. I, will, I understand. I don't remember my birth either. But okay, so Papa was born in a farmhouse. That's that's badass, Papa. In, in uh, Greenwood I County, never knew that. In, in Greenwood County, Kansas. Greenwood County. Yeah. And is there a town there now? Town near there? Yeah, but it's in Woodson County. Okay. Okay, so we're born in Kansas. How long do we stay in Kansas, Papa? Uh, till I left. A ballpark, a ballpark number. <laughs> I know you've been a lot of places, Papa. So probably this one was a while ago. Uh, four or five years. Okay, and then where was the next destination? I don't know. I got all these pictures. It looks like I was in New Mexico and places like that because my dad got laid off during the Depression, and then he got called back, and he worked for a telephone company. So he was putting in the telephone lines in this in the south part of the United States. I guess he'd have he'd have to move a lot around so, a lot so, because they were so putting them they, they sent a crew in there, and they did ten or fifteen miles, and they'd move them a little bit, and then they'd do fifteen. I guess that's what they did. So I had pictures of me and. Uh, Climbing the phone pole? No, I tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> what happened when you tried to climb the phone pole, Papa? Well, I got up about four or five or six steps, and I came down <laughs> pretty okay. fast. That's not that bad. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> oh, oh, you came you came down at the fastest possible way. Yeah, but there's splinters all the way down on your arms. <laughs> yeah, but have you ever used a pair of spikes? You know, I have. Pete, How far did you Pete get? Senior. How far did you get up? <laughs> I just didn't like them. I mean, they were kind of, they looked cool when I put them on. I was like, this is awesome. And then I started using them, and I'm like, I'm ready to get these off. My daddy could crawl up a, a telephone post like a squirrel. <laughs> How many telephone poles do you think he climbed in his life? Rough ballpark number? Oh. I'd say thousands. Thousands? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because what he would do is he had this, he had this uh, uh, job and he would patrol the lines between Amarillo and Oklahoma City. And, and people would use the, the insulators as targets. Yep. And so they'd shoot him out, and then he'd go along the line and found one, and he'd have to go up the thing and change the insulators, and then he'd come down the line and come on go get the next one. So I don't know. This, this might have happened five or ten times a day. I don't know how many times. I, I didn't really go with him. <laughs> I much. mean, yeah. that was when phones first came out, when he was doing it, right? Well, no. Phones were pretty old, but... Uh, uh, they were, uh, you know, you you had to dial the number. Yep. And, so how did you have and, to and do so, it? And sometimes you had a party line. Okay. What does and, that and, mean? And, well, there might be, you might have one line and there'd be three or four people on it. Okay. 
So you had to wait till they got through talking before you could talk to another person. And there would be people you don't even know, well, right? Yeah, but most time you do. But sooner or later, you got to know them. At least they might be somewhere. They might not be your neighbor. But so they would they be in your area? In your area, but how big was your area? You don't ever know. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And, and, it's, like, and it's like my uncle one time called says, "Give me Johnny out the farm." You had you had operators. He says, "Give me Johnny out the farm." Guess what she did? She knew who Johnny out the farm was. <laughs> Yeah. Tell Johnny at the farm to get off the phone. <laughs> no, I want to talk to Johnny after the farm. <laughs> you didn't have to know a number if you do the, the, the operator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'd call into the operator and just say, yeah, I, want to, I want to talk to Ross. Well, generally you had to say, give me the telephone number. You know, it might be two or three or four numbers. But, but he, he was in this little town, and he was from California. He says, give me Johnny out the farm, and she... Dial Johnny out the farm. <laughs> That's awesome. So there's a guy who would initially answer it and say, okay, we're going to put you on line one when you call the operator. No. Or is it a voice tone thing? No, you call, you, you know, you, you, you got a busy signal. Mm -hmm. I think you got a busy signal that you couldn't get through, so somebody else was talking, so you hung up the phone. Yeah. I don't think you could hear him. And then you hung up the phone, and then you waited till the business segment went, and then you called whoever it was. Yeah. So, Papa, your your dad did a lot of phone polls. Was a phone innovator. But he but he worked he worked in the long lines department. Okay. He, he worked from the for the long distance lines. Ah. You know the ones that. I feel like those connected, are harder. Connected towns. Those are the bigger ones. Yeah. Well. The, 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 the ones that got the lights on them, right? I don't think they had lights then. <laughs> yeah, maybe they just had. That might be a. <laughs> that might be a newer thing. <laughs> no, they they just uh, they connected cities, but then they had, you had the yeah, city the local system, ones. and but then you had the ones that connected. And there might not be a lot of lines that connected this city with this city. So he he worked on those poles and stuff, you know. There's hundreds of miles. Can you? There's hundreds of miles of them. There really is. Yeah. Okay. So, pop. Your your pops was. Here's a station you might like. Oh. Pop culture radio on Amazon. We got Alexa. Hey Alexa, stop the music. Papa, we went from, you know, climbing up phone poles to now we have things that we can tell what to do in our room. What do you think about that? How we just, I just had a, a robot in the corner from Amazon that just said, here's pop music. I really hadn't thought about it. I, I mean, you don't really need to, I guess. Some people kind of, you know, it scares them. Some people, they like it. No, I think I, I'm, I'm now learning how to, to uh, use my voice for texting. I think that's a big diss. That's a big step forward. I like that, Papa. Well, we should start doing it together. I'm doing I it. I didn't know you were doing it. Yeah, now I've got to go. Now, now, I, I, I'm, are you talking and the word is spelled out, or are you talking to it like a walkie-talkie and sending no, it? No, I'm talking for the word spelled out. Okay, you can do it both ways. And then I need to, then I need to uh, check it before I send it, but I don't care. Yeah, it I mean, as long it as it's close enough. It's close enough. Yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, if it's, but that's huge. It is huge. Yeah. It makes that that type of innovation makes us more efficient as people but the thing about it is is i'm surprised that she understands my brogue and all that my stuff she does a good job who who does whoever whoever, whoever you're texting whoever whoever transfers whoever trans oh yeah drives me well they call her siri well for I'm, apple there's a different one this i, I don't, think this is at&t isn't it well they've got one to, they've got it everywhere well, okay. When I go on my when I do my message, mm -hmm. it's my phone number. Yep. It's an AT and T phone number. So in that app, is that Apple? Well, okay. That is probably AT and T. Probably Apple furnishes the software. Correct. Which they stole no. from somebody. Did they? Do you have know. some background knowledge? <laughs> they might. I mean. Um, Apple has to have a lot of ancient Aztec secrets with the new things that come out. Yeah. 
They have to take them from someone. Yeah. You like that wine? It's pretty good. It ain't too bad. And now a word from our sponsors. Howdy there, ladies and gents. It's your good friend, Commercial Break Peter. Here to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Unify Commerce. Say it with me now. Unify Commerce. Yes, guys, that is spelled U-N-I-F-I commerce.com. Guys, Unify is in fact my company, and I thought I'd go ahead and plug them on here so you guys can know a little bit of what I do outside of having a great time on the podcast. Guys, Unify is a social technology company that simply helps other companies take their social presence to the next level. Simple as that. And the primary service I want to highlight is professional video creation. Guys, if your company is in need of an exceptional video that shows what you do, why you do it, how you do it, and why it is so valuable, then Unify is here to help. And Unify can create an exceptional advertisement that can really help build awareness and drive sales for your company. We have been in business since the summer of 2018 and helping businesses grow and capitalize on the opportunities that social presence can offer is something we love to do. So if you need a next level video, you need a next level team on your side, and that is Unify. So guys, go ahead and visit unifycommerce.com if you want to learn more. And if you want to inquire about working with us, simply go to the work with us tab and we would love to connect. Anyways, y'all, back to the show. Papa, so what I was going to ask is, uh, Granny Goose was your mom, right? Oh, yeah. Am I thinking right? Yeah, Granny Goose was my mom. What was her full name again? Ruth Helen. Ruth Helen Stutzman. Yeah. Their first main name is Rogers. Okay. Ruth Helen Rogers. So that's why you're Roger Stutzman? That's right. I like that. And you know you know where I got my middle name? Where? Guess what my middle name is. You've you You've told me before, Pop, but Dean. 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 Roger, Roger. Roger Dean Stutzman. Okay, in nineteen thirty five. Yep. Dizzy Dean was a great baseball player. Dizzy Dean. Yeah. Who did he play for? Who was Dizzy Dean? He was a he was a pitcher, I think, from the okay for the Giants or I no, I think he's from the Yankees. But you can go check it out. I don't know who he played. Dizzy for. Dean is he? But just go look at Dizzy Dean, and okay. they say I got he Roger Dean went good together, so they gave me the name Roger, from from my background or from my mother's maiden name, and Dean from Dizzy Dean, and he was like very that. popular. So who was the baseball lover, Granny Goose or your dad? I have no idea. They just, they liked him. They liked his name. At well, least. at that time, if you were, there wasn't a lot of uh, people that you really followed, maybe. Right. Uh, Will Rogers was one. Okay. Yep. And uh, Dizzy Dean was a great football player, I mean, a baseball player, so. You know, there's a few people. You, you had the radio, so you you knew you knew a yeah. little bit. You, know. you, you you got cold culture. Yeah. Learned so, some uh, things. That might be a good idea for me to go out and look, at, learn more Who's about Dizzy, Dizzy Dean. Dean. I think I'll learn about. Well, I know him. a little bit about him. Yeah, well, he's a good baseball player. I bet you you don't know the the horse that won the Kentucky Derby the year you were born. Uh, you know what? I don't, Papa. Everybody should know that. Should they? Yeah. Is that required knowledge? Maybe. Well, I'm going to learn it. So, Papa, uh, Granny Goose and your dad, fast forward, you grow up, and what age did you join the Air Force? <laughs> I know I kind of maybe skipped, you know, the growing up years. Let's see. 1958. January of 58, I become a commissioned officer in the United States Air Force. No. So you had even joined before that? No, I didn't join it. I, I went oh, to, you went to OCS? I, no, I didn't do that. I went, I went to ROTC in college, 
if you went to Oklahoma A&M, you had to take ROTC. And Oklahoma A&M was two is years. now Oklahoma State, right? Yeah, which is two years. You had, if you went to Oklahoma A&M, you had to take ROTC for two years. All land-grant colleges at that time, if you went to them, you had to take ROTC for two years. And I think the same thing was true for uh, Texas A&M, you know. All that. Yeah. Of course, we weren't as rah-rah as they were. But uh, Y'all so were just two y'all years. And then, and then you went through that, and then they would look at you, and then they say, and they say, hey, that guy looks like a pretty good officer. I'm going to offer him to go into advanced ROTC. Advanced ROTC. Yeah. Okay. So if you so they give you an offer, you say, "Would you like to go into advanced ROTC?" And when you come out, you'll become commissioned officers. And so they give you this spell, and you say, "Okay, okay, I think I'll do that." What would so? What did they offer you? What spiel, what was in the spiel when they told you to sign up? Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> but they sold you on it. Or were you, did you want to go into the Air Force since you were a kid? I, I never entered my mind that I would be end up in the service for 10 years. So not when you were 16 in high school, you weren't like, boys, I'm going to the Air Force? I was probably the worst saluter and yes, sir, no, sir person in the Air Force. <laughs> well, you learned, you learned how to do it, though, if you, you got to where no, you got. No, I got an organization where I didn't have to do it. <laughs> That, I guess that's another way to do it too. And some, some some organizations are people are rank conscious. Uh huh. This one you were they were objective compass compass like missiles and rocket motors and space and all that good stuff like that. R and D. And Papa, when you started working with the guys who loved rockets and loved space, and when you first joined into the Air Force. Were you kind of no? I didn't. Shocked? I didn't start that at first. So where did you start? Well, I started as a petroleum officer because I had a chemical engineering degree. So a petroleum officer is that working with all things that need gas or oil? Yeah, we. I, I ran the. I had a crew of airmen that worked with me, and we refueled the planes, and we had a motor pool that. Put gas in, have people put gas in cars. We had a pump like you have today. Yeah. And uh, uh, we did so the storage the, facilities. For the we, jets and planes? Well, we, 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 we filled the planes. Now, sometimes you have people that, that do that yourself, and most times they have contractors if you're in the United States. But anyway, so, yeah. so we did everything associated with fuel. So when did they say... Roger, you're pretty good at this. We need you to now work on the big projects well, for the to, rockets. I went to Alaska. And when I was up there, I was a fuel officer. And then they had what they call an AFIT program. And that's, yep. the, that's the Air Force Institute of Technology. And so I applied to go back to get my master's degree. And I got my master's degree in mechanical engineering. And then when I went there, they sent me to Edwards Air Force Base in a new organization they had there and we were we were the going to run the or do the the technical management for the uh large solids that this country was 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 trying to build at that time so papa did you choose like hey this is what i really want to do is go to the advanced school or was it I, I, chose, I, I, I chose did to they go push to, you and kind of say no, hey, I, Rod, I chose, you're good at this i chose to go to the school yeah it was a good you idea. had to be selected. So you were you were a big dog. They said no. I was just trying to get ahead. a smart dog. <laughs> I was trying to get ahead. <laughs> you know, I really didn't think of myself as a smart dog. I just says, let me see if let me see if I got the let me see if they think I've got the capability to do it. So how long did you have to stay in Edwards? Well, I went to school for two years, and then they sent me to Edwards, and I was there about four years. See when you come when you do that thing, you get a, if, you, if you go get a, you get a two year degree. Okay. Then you get a, another four year commitment. That's so, so they say for your for your two years, 
you know, going to school, we're going to take, you've got to stay in the Air Force two, for four years for that. Okay. So I was committed to the Air Force for four years. And at that point, you were just learning everything about rockets. No, well, no, I learned how, after after four years, they sent me there, and I didn't know what a rocket motor was. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious. One thing a lot of people say in college nowadays is like, "Hey, I didn't necessarily learn about my job in college, but you know, I developed discipline or." Or it did this for me, but I didn't learn what I needed to learn. Was it like that for you? Well, you don't know what you like. Yeah. I think you've got to go into places with an open mind. And you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> I agree. And uh, you might find something that you love. And as I said, when I went there, I got this little cut in my wrist. I got rocket motors in my blood. And so I that's had, how it, had, it was that, like a Spider-Man type that thing. Was a, that was a passion. So the, became, the rocket fuel turned you into the rocket man? Well, no, just rockets in general. It wasn't a rocket fuel. It was just uh, developing them and making them do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> Designing them, develop them, test them. And that was just... I mean, you were yeah, you one of the first in, people to ever you do fall, it. You, well, the big stuff, but you just fall into it, you know. Yeah. Oh, there was rocket motors out there at that time. There was all kinds of stuff. Minuteman and Poseidon and all. They were out there. What were Minuteman and Poseidon? They were ballistic missiles. They, they were in silos, and they protect the United States with nuclear weapons from the Russians. Uh, so those are... Uh Defense mechanisms if something was coming at us. They're offensive mechanisms. Okay. If if you if we think we got you're gonna if we think you're gonna do it, we're gonna nuke you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so those uh, that was Poseidon. Papa, what was one of the great ones? Well you know what the Poseidon is, don't you? I don't. That's one that goes into a submarine and they can launch it from the from the bottom of the sea. No way. How does it don't it goes it? all the way through the ocean. Yeah, it, it pops up through the through the water, and then it gets guidance, and they they pop it up out of the submarine hole, and I think they hold I don't know twelve or something like that. But they can be right next to their shore. You know? Did you ever work on one of those? Nope. Just a space. Just a space one. No, that's just no. I worked on ground to ground. Defensive, uh, offensive missiles or defensive missiles, or uh, so I worked on uh, uh, something like the uh, space shuttle uses today. Those solid rocket motors they stuck a stick on the side. Did you see the one today? No. We we put one in the air today. Yeah, Blue I'm, Origin. Well, your mother said it was SpaceX. I mean, my grandpa. I said, no, it's Blue Origin. Now, the Blue Origin has got a good, that's a good concept. It's a commercialized it's concept. No, Blue Origin is better than SpaceX. Is that, the, is that breaking my, news? That's, that's my, from a rocket scientist. That's my opinion. So buy Amazon and not Tesla? Well, I don't We're know. We're not how, your financial advisors. I, I, I know he's not going to, I don't know what you do it, but if you look at a, if you look at a rocket motor, and I worked on one that had a was a military one that carried a warhead that killed people. You know, put weapons out. It right. It took half the energy to get five thousand feet. Yep. And then once you got above the atmosphere and got it moving, then it took the other half energy. It might go five thousand feet a mile. Okay, let's put it that way. So then you might take the other half energy and go. 40 miles or 50 miles in the air, see? And, then you, and it was guidance. So the thing about having an airplane carry it with an air breathing system and then launch it from up there yep. is really, really... Now, I'm not saying this, this is, this is the, the, the last answer, but people's been thinking about that for... A what, long time. Since the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> they were saying... Let's let's take a rocket motor and put a track in it, and take it down a mountain and let it, let it shoot up the air and get it up maybe a thousand feet and then lock it. 
But that don't work, right? Well, I don't probably could work. But anyway, no, it just takes a lot of energy to to overcome inertia and to get out of the atmosphere. So, Papa, uh, what do you think the fuel of the future is? I don't know. Did you see? So you didn't see Blue Origins launch today? It was. Uh, I, I saw. I've seen a. a I haven't seen it today, but I've seen that the first one was a, uh, I saw uh, runs on it. Yeah, they did. Well, they're doing well, another one today. Okay. And they're. Uh, In 1980, I worked on an anti-satellite program. Yep. And we used a, I think it was an F-101 or 102 or some jet fighter okay we, we would hang a uh, missile on it we would the, the 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 fighter would take it up fiber as high as they could get it six maybe human pilot 50 yeah, human, 50 or sixty thousand feet i don't know what it was and then we release it we'd release the missile and it would go kill a satellite 500 miles in the sky wow and that was in 19 70 it's probably in the early 80s so it would the plant would it go descend from the plant or would it then go they up? just drop it and then it'd light and then it'd take off it had its guidance systems stuff it just take off you know did you work on guidance systems a lot papa heavens no <laughs> i feel like those are a whole different realm of well, complication they're, they're, oh they're they're the smart guys are the are they yeah i think they're the smart guys guidance and Control are the smart guys, but we're, but the, was your, we're, we're the smart guy. We just push them. We don't guide them. So I mean, something would go wrong, and they'd say, "Oh, Roger, your motor's gone." I said, "No, go check your drag numbers, you idiots." <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, the arrow people would come back and says, "Okay, we found the error." <laughs> so, Pop, what was the one uh, missile or rocket that you? are the most proud of? Army TACMs. Army TACMs. And that's what year? Uh, uh, it's a long time ago. Let's see. Army Probably. Well, Army TACMs was a ground-to-ground missile for the, the Army. Okay. It would go maybe... Well, I always said it could, it could, it could carry a payload equal to a Volkswagen to Waco and hit your living room or or bedroom. Wow. Okay. It could do that. Yeah. But it'd carry a thousand pounds of warhead and that they used it in uh, both Iraq wars. And that was that was a good missile. And this it was it, it, it was a little bit heavy, but anyway, it turned out to be a good missile and it uh and they improved it, improved it, improved. So that was a good missile, yeah. It, was this one of the ones? So you were—I know you worked in the yeah, uh, industry I, forever. Was that one of the ones they called you back for? Because I know they needed. Well, yeah, they called. Me, but anyway, but no, I see. I I was on the design team. I helped develop it. I helped. Uh, Would you draw it up, Papa? Were you drawing? No, them? I didn't do design. You, I just you I tell them what to draw. We I put the requirements down. Okay. And then I was the, 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 uh, basically the referee. <laughs> Could you give me an example of what a few requirements might have been? Uh, we want the energy to take a thousand miles, or we want the energy to take a thousand pounds, fifty miles. Okay. And so, and so we, our 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 team would say this that that our team our aerodynamic people say okay. That takes X number of of uh, energy, right? And then you'd give this requirement to a uh, a company. Yep. And you'd say, okay, we want this missile that's this long. This is a rocket motor. It's this long. It's this. You got this diameter. Yep. You got this area to work with. And now we want you to build a get us a, a, a rocket motor that would that uh, has this much energy in it. What were some of the companies you'd usually go to? Boeing? No, Boeing 
we were we were equivalent to Boeing, so we were the we were the integrators. Oh, okay. We would go to the propulsion companies to provide the propellants and the and the hardware to build the motor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 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 they say, oh, I got a problem, and so what we'd have to do is try to figure it out. Is was it a big problem or a little problem, or what do you got to do about it? So that uh, what was it? Say the name of it one more time, Papa. The one you said they use in the Iraq War, Army Tacoms. The Army Tacoms. Yeah, that was one of the ones you're most proud of. What about you sent one to space, right? Well, you were involved with. Well, I was. The space. Yeah, I was. Started out, we were doing uh, motors, large motors to, to to carry to carry nuclear warheads, and. Uh, those never really got traction, right? Yeah, but we we wanted a lot of them, right? At during yeah. And then I did a, then I did a, and then in, well at the end of my program I did uh, missiles or guidance uh, divert systems and stuff or uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna let's see. Very uh, missile, missile defense. Missile defense. Missile defense. If somebody sends a warhead to us, we had a, we had a, a, a system that would a rocket motor or a rocket motor system or a propulsion rocket motor. I'm going to say a missile system that would track her down. That would that would identify them, know where they are, and intercept them. That's so what, that's what I end up working on. So could I say right now that I'm I'm confident that if something was coming to the United States, we'd blast out of the sky, no problem. We got that, right? Well, if if, if the stupid people know how to use it, <laughs> so they might need to. They no, might need to give they, you they a still got to go use it. Yeah, I think I think I think there's a system out there. Yeah, I feel like. But they work. I think they work, but. Would y'all te- were you ever there around for any crazy testing of missiles and rockets, Papa? And do you remember them? I generally didn't like them. I says once, once, once you start flying them, I didn't like them because I couldn't change them. <laughs> That's true. I feel like the testing portion of a, a lot of what you did could have been kind of scary or nerve wracking, at least. Well, there was way you'd blow up one, then you have to go fix it. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to be too close to it when it's blowing up. You. You're right. You're right. I, I feel like that's all I know okay. in regards to that. Pop, I got a few rapid-fire questions to finish us off, okay. and you're going to give me a one sentence or and then, more. And then I'm going to go to sleep. That sounds good to me. That sounds great to me, Papa. Papa here is a trooper and a legend for being with us on this mighty fine evening. A little past your bedtime, 907? What's your bedtime, Papa? 10.15. 10.15. Okay. So we're doing good. Okay, so we've got uh, rapid fire. Okay. Five, be, five, I, five questions. Um, it, it's within that ballpark. No, five questions. Remember. Five, I'm gonna shut five, up at, five questions, ladies I'm, and I'm, gentlemen. I'm, no I'm, more. I'm going to shut up at five questions. He's going to shut up at five questions, so I better pick five damn good ones because we got ten. Um, okay. Papa, in one sentence, what is your investment philosophy? Or it can be a maximum of five sentences. Don't buy companies that don't make money. Positive earnings. Positive EPS? Positive earnings. Okay. I like that. I, I agree. I agree with that. Okay, next one, Papa. What is the key to being married for fifty plus years? That's very impressive. It's sixty four, sixty five. You, you got to ask Grammy. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, it's a very high number. It's hard to keep track of. But. Uh, Papa, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing, you know. Not a lot of couples have that in our world nowadays, which I want they should and I think it's 
beautiful and amazing, and I know it ain't easy. So if you got one tip or key to it, what is it? Don't keep any guns around the house. Okay. I like that. They might kill you with them. That that could happen. <laughs> okay, next one, Papa. We have... What is the favorite state you've ever visited? I know you visited all 50. But if you were to well, pick I, one I, I, from all well, of your okay, travels. I, okay, I like New England. That's which not is state. not a state, but it's Massachusetts, uh, uh, Maine, we could New fit, Hampshire, fit, that, that area. We could it, fit it, 20 New Englands in Texas, yeah, so you it's could, fair. you could slip that. So I like New England because it's so different than where we grew up. Little villages, the, the mountains. What's your favorite the, town there? I don't know if I've got a favorite town. Do you love it all? It's just a, it's just an experience all up and down the coast. Yeah, yeah. Every place is alike, but every place is different. Rocky, rocky shores, lighthouses. Uh, a lot of history. Just a lot of history. A uh, lot of just history. beautiful. Yeah. Good architecture. Yeah. Good, good uh, scenery. Yeah. Four true seasons. Yeah. Okay, Papa. Next one is how is golf like life in your opinion? <laughs> you never know where the ball's going to end up. <laughs> you can't see into the future. Amen to that. Yeah. You hit the ball and it might go anywhere. And that's kind of like life. You, but you got to be able to. But you got to hit the ball. But you got to hit the ball and you got to go find the ball. And you got to go hit it again, and, and you can't you, give it's, up. It's, it's how you handle that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can throw your clubs into the pond, or that, you can go find your ball and hit it and get yeah. out with a smile on your Remember, face. Remember, you got objective. Yeah, and throwing your clubs is never a good idea. Yeah. I've seen people yeah, do yeah. it. I don't do it. But you got objective. The objective is get the ball in the hole and the last thing, and that's what your life is. Yep. You know, take it. You you, you want to go do this. And so go do it. And you might have, you might be in a hazard and just go get that, get out of the hazard. Get out of the hazard. Yeah. yeah. Papa, <laughs> fifth one. What is one of your favorite sayings and or quotes? Okay. I'm going to give you a good one. I'd like to say this to you kids. Pick four or five things you're going to do and pick four or five things you're not going to do. And, I love it. And that's called principles. And principles try, and, are the key. And try to try to follow it. And, you, and if you pick them good, you, I think you'll in the long run you're going to do it. But every time you get it, you, you, if you do that, every time you violate one of those principles, you're going to be conflicted. So you're going to think about it, and maybe you'll correct it. I love it. I love it. I, I shall live by those words. <laughs> and with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to head <laughs> off. We hope you had a great night. Papa is an absolute legend, <laughs> and he's looking damn good. I got to get it to him. Yeah. With that being said, ladies and gents, make sure to share this podcast with your mom, your dad, your uncle, your brother, your sister, even Rick down the street. Because everyone does need a dose of the good vibes, Papa. That's a fact. That's a fact. Thank you and good night. With that being said, thank you. We love you. Thank you.